Hey, here today on A Voice to Be Reckoned With, with Brandy Joy, we have Kennedy Phillips. Listen up closely, people, because there is no one like him. Let's go. I am here with Kennedy Phillips. Um, he is known for his video editing and sound design. And he is here today. Actually, well, I'm going to let... Should I call you Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Phillips? Kennedy's fine. Kennedy? Okay, Kennedy. I'm going to let Kennedy tell you what he does. Uh, greetings, acolytes. My name is Kennedy Phillips. Uh, I'm a uh, sound designer by trade. Uh, I've worked on a couple of different uh, projects in the past. I've worked with uh, the Jim Henson Company, with DreamWorks Television. Uh, I've also worked on my own projects for an audio drama called Magus Eldar, which is available for download. Uh, you probably might know me for uh, my work on Has Been Hotel and Hell of a Boss, which I did the sound design for. Um, which are two uh, pilots on YouTube that you can watch right now. <clears throat> okay, cool. Okay, Kennedy. So, um, can you can you tell us more about? Uh, well, actually, uh, Kennedy, I would like to know what what started you on your venture in um, doing the you know video editing, sound, and design. Really well, popular for that. When I was really young, um, I had always wanted to work in cartoons. Um, but as time went on, I discovered that I could not draw. <laughs> so uh, I, I started trying to find other skills that would be uh, good for me to work in movies and in cartoons and the like. And I ended up uh, discovering that I had a, a decent knack for video editing. So I started practicing with that. Um, I went to college for that and sound design. And I started making my own little projects on the side. Uh, almost all of the stuff that I did in my spare time was kind of focused on trying to get myself good enough to be able to do this kind of thing. And I, I like to think I'm at a point where I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm decent, but of course, you know, there's definitely room for improvement. Okay, sure, sure. Um, okay, well, I do know, okay, I know that you, uh, you were, um, you lived on a, a, yeah, a boat? With your parents for the first 12, 12 years? Yeah, for uh, for the first 12 years of my life, I lived on a sail, uh, I lived on a sailboat called Das Ein uh, okay. in Florida with my parents. It was, uh, at the time, it was cheaper to live on a boat than it was to get a house. Mm -hmm. Since my parents were both like home health nurses uh, in Florida, uh, they, they were driving around a lot, moving around a lot, and um, having the boat be able to, you know, move wherever we wanted to go was liberating in a sense we, we weren't really pinned down any one location yeah that sounds pretty fun and like i get adventurous too so i think that's pretty cool yeah it's it was absolutely a delight i mean there was like restrictions of our living conditions like i lived in the uh i lived in the bow uh my like my bedroom was the, was literally like in the bow of the ship so uh i was close to the anchor room um, I, I, I probably couldn't fit there now, considering like how large I've gotten in, in that time. <laughs> but um, no, we did a lot of sailing. Um, actually, when I was eight years old, we had joined the Round the World Rally for Expo 98 and 99, and we sailed around the world, uh, my, my family and myself. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. So I'm taking it that's where a lot of your, uh, your ideas and... and things came from when you were uh, traveling as a young kid? Yeah, well, I, I spent a lot of time out in, the, out in the ocean with my folks where we didn't really have many opportunities to entertain ourselves. 
um, in terms of we didn't have like access to all the all the most up to date movies and stuff. We had maybe like fifty VHS tapes to last us a full year and a half, and those those got worn out pretty pretty quickly. So what I would end up doing with uh, my sister is that we would do um, improv. Um, of course, it's like improv from like a nine year old, but it was still like something to entertain my parents. For, for them to do while there was like long very very long periods of just nothing wow wow I bet your uh, parents were entertained <laughs> for the most part I mean they they seemed to dig it but of course they were also incredibly sleep deprived so their bo- they, their <laughs> opinions were not exactly uh, grounded in sanity <laughs> <laughs> how did you guys how did that work out with like going to school and stuff well, I, I got homeschooled for uh, two years of my life, um, which I, I managed to burn through my education so quickly that I, when I got back, I had skipped a year. Um, just because we just did it all in one go. Uh, they, they had this, uh, I think it was called Calvet, or it was, it was some kind of homeschooling program, which I cannot remember the name of right now, but... Uh, it was actually interesting because there was a lot of times where I'd be learning stuff as I was in the country that I was learning about. Wow. Like I was learning about ancient Egyptian mythology while I was in Egypt, which was really cool. Awesome. Oh, okay. So you've had a very uh, worldly um, life. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm boring because I bang pots together in an office building. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I, I mean, to be honest, I've, I've, my, my sister and I both t- took very different conclusions from the whole sailing around the world thing. I, I kind of developed an appreciation for stability of like, you know, having a place you can call your own and, and be yours. And I, I kind of gra- I, I shifted my life to taking the adventurous risks uh, in my in my career path with, you know, the film industry and stuff because it's not a very stable job uh, being in the position that I'm in. Meanwhile, my sister, she took the opposite uh, opinion of, like, she wanted to be a woman of the world and gone <laughs> off to uh, wilderness to uh, better understand the environment and how to take best and how best to take care of it because uh, she's an environmental scientist now. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Do you think her her uh, passion, well, her choice was also from how you guys grew up and traveling? Cool. Absolutely. We we spent we did spend a lot of time together when we were out at sea, mostly due to the fact that we were the only two people of our age that we could talk to until mm-hmm. we hit land. But you know, we made uh, we made a lot of friends. We met a lot of people that were just vastly vastly different from our lifestyle. And it helped give me a better understanding of how how abnormal my own life is. And that I shouldn't make the assumption that everybody lives in the same kind of condition that I do, obviously. But I mean, that's like, it's like obvious for like a person my age, but like at nine, eight, nine years old, it's not something that you even consider. That right. people would have lives that look practically alien to yours <laughs> oh. okay so the, so I see um so you went to University of Florida for your audio uh, dramas uh, is that when you uh, started were was that more social for you was that around the time when you know that you were engaged going to school and uh, being around more more people <laughs> Well, when I went to college for at UCF, um, I, I, I got in, I, I had gotten a scholarship, and it was really cheap for me to go. I had wanted to go in there for film, but they wouldn't let me in the program, so I ended up gravitating towards cinema studies, which was um, a little bit frustrating because all the teachers there were avant-garde filmmakers, which were like these really, really pretentious auteurs who are not here to entertain the masses. <laughs> They're only here to express the advancement of culture. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was aggravating. Um, but I did spend a lot of time practicing my making audio dramas. Uh, and I even did, a, a back in the day when it was first starting off, I, I did an abridged version of Pokemon 
which wow. is floating around on the internet somewhere. But I got I got banned hard by YouTube back in the day for that. <laughs> that was still like a really not okay thing for people to attempt at the time. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. He loves Pokemon. I was actually, actually um, was um, showing him. Uh, I was like, you know, he's because he's into like all kinds of a, uh, you know, he's more. You know, with with this kind of stuff, he you know he knows more. So I was like showing him. I was like, so you know, have you seen this one and stuff? And he was just like, yeah, yeah I've seen that. And, you know, but he doesn't he doesn't really engage much anyway with me when I kind of show him stuff. So I, I I don't know. I was trying to show interest, you know, with him too, you know, mm-hmm. so he can put me up on game. <laughs> I was like, I was doing myself. But no, I was uh, actually um, checking out some. Uh, your seasons of um, I guess Elgar, and then you know I noticed it's like um like a magical I guess okay so when you first start, if you read it you start off you kind of like whoa okay wow whoa and I guess you have to because I didn't get to read to to listen to anything really I kind of just was reading a lot you know of the descriptions of everything mm-hmm. uh, so it's, to me I just got like a correct me if I'm wrong like a sense of like a, a magical type of a like a trippy, it's a kind of like a trippy. That's just what I, I got from it, and and I like stuff like that. So it's not your your average. Uh, there's nothing really much like it actually. Well, uh, I would uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the show, uh, Megas Elgar is a fantasy comedy uh, inspired by the works of Terry Pratchett. He made uh, he made Discworld, and he also worked on Good Omens, which is now like a big hit series on Amazon that you've probably heard of before. You've heard of me, but. <laughs> Um, but Megas Elgar is about two magic casters who discover a brand new form of magic from the dimension of Earth called science. They travel there uh, thanks to the thanks to a magical artifact called the Mirror Cauldron, and they accidentally pull in the equipment of a scientist's, and the equipment scatters throughout the magical world of Hearth and take on magical properties. And they have to team up with the two scientists they meet to find a way to fuse these scientific tools augmented with magical power before all of reality gets ripped apart, or at least before people find out it was their fault. Hmm. Uh, we, we, we had been nominated for quite a few things. Uh, best Original Work by the Audio Publishers Association, uh, yeah, Best Writing, that. Best Sound Design by the Audioverse Awards, and it's been really exciting because a lot of people seem to be really enjoying it when they finally sit down and give it a listen. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I'm hoping he'll spend some time with me, you know, today, and we can do, you know, listen together. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. Um... Hey, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Listen closely. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And then you can listen to me, Brandy Joy, with a voice to be reckoned with. Awesome, awesome, and guess, and you will, you will, you know, have it, have what you want, and it'll be in, uh, animated. You said you wanted to, uh, you you have made it when you have it in the animated series. Yeah, I, I I'm working on trying to get Megas Elgar into an animated series because, like, the one complaint that I've gotten from the show, like the main complaint, was that they a lot of people said I really wish I could see this rather than just hear it. Mm-hmm. So I, I worked with a couple of animators um, to make an animated short, which you can see on YouTube. Uh, and it was cute. Like, people really seemed to like it when they got to see it. And I, I I started trying to move forward with it to see what I could do with it and see if I can make it into, a, like, a full thing. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, for sure. And actually, I think it'll happen. I think... I'm going to speak it into existence for you. I know it's going to happen. Okay. 
Well, the only way that I can be confirmed that it'll happen is if I actually go do it. (laughs) That too. (laughs) That too. Some kind of project you want to take on that's... Well, I have a... I, I do have a big project that I've been wanting to work on for years now. Um, about six years ago, uh, something that I, I, I would do is I would run role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that, but I would do it to workshop ideas, to uh, plan out and develop my voice acting, my writing, and ultimately my storytelling. And the biggest one that I have, the most ambitious thing that I have on my belt that I would very much like to make into a thing is a little story called The Quizzical Capstones of Octon Frobichovi. It's a... It's a, it's, it's a Lovecraftian-style horror, like existential horror kind of series um, about... A, uh, about a filmmaker who creates a magnum opus every like five or six years and just as he's about to create his his biggest project yet he disappears and the story follows these uh, people who are trying who are close to him that want to figure out what's happened to him and discover that his films are alternate dimensions that have been compressed into films mm. I would very much like to make that into a thing, but it's 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 something that I know that I'm not ready yet. I'm not experienced enough to to try and do it because there's a lot of moving parts in it. I don't know if I want to make it a book or an audio drama or a full movie series or something like that. I don't know. I, I would want to make something out of it. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Can it, do you do you have any favorite? Um, is there anybody like a that you kind of look up to in this, uh, in your uh, profession? Well, in terms of voice acting, I could say right off the top of my head that I've got two, uh, Jim Cummings and Richard Horvitz. If you're not familiar with them, they play, uh, Jim Cummings plays as Pooh, Tigger, Pete, and half of the Disney cast. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he is an absolutely delightful human being that I would very much like to meet one day. And the other is uh, Richard Horvitz, who uh, played as Daggett from Angry Beavers, uh, Billy from Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and Invader Zim from, well, Invader Zim. Uh, I actually had the pleasure of uh, working on his voice in uh, Hell of a Boss, where he plays as Moxie, who's uh, this this imp that serves as the voice of reason for this company, Immediate Murder Professionals, or IMP. Hmm, okay. But in terms of like professionally, like one person that I, would, I, I aspire to uh, really challenge a lot of ideas in terms of concept, in terms of writing, is uh, Edgar Wright, uh, who is the director for Baby Driver, for the Shaun of the Dead series, oh, yeah. among other things. He is a delightful filmmaker. He Like almost every film that he has made, I have just been head over heels for just because he has such a very interesting idea on how he portrays his story. Uh, would he be someone you would like to work with someday? Ugh, he would never work with me, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm fast-paced enough to work with him. <laughs> he had a, one of his editors, uh, the, for Baby Driver, they had a his editor working on set constantly every day where he would be uh, editing the project remotely and the reason why they did that was because baby driver was supposed to be a a form of musical where everything was done to the timing and if any shot was wrong they would have to reshoot it at the day on the day that editor ended up framing the keyboard that he used to edit that project and this thing is just barely hanging on a thread As far as any more projects, uh, do you have any in the making right now that that you are uh, working on and that you plan on coming out anytime soon? Uh, Yeah, actually, I've got quite a few. Um, I'm working right now. I'm working on sound designing Satina, 
which is a uh, a cute little animation about a guy who has a uh, bastard child <laughs> with the uh, with the queen of hell, and hilarity ensues of taking care of that child. Uh, I'm working uh, with Magpie on her animated short. I'm working with uh, Space Doc on a sci-fi audio drama called The Sojourn. Uh, I'm doing the sound design for that. Um, there's a couple other projects that I don't really, I, I can't really say what I'm working on with them because of, you know, NDAs and other stuff like that. However, yeah. uh, I can say that I am still, I'm working on trying to write more stuff for Mega Zelgar um, because that's definitely my baby right now. Hmm. That's cool. So. Is there anywhere that, uh, or do you plan on, is there anywhere that people can get, like, you know, memorabilia and all that stuff for uh, Megas uh, Elgar? You know, like... While every shelter pet is unique, some love a good game of fetch and others would rather snuggle on the couch together. However, there's one thing that they all have in common. They're all pure love. Right now, millions of pets across shelters and rescues across the country are waiting to be adopted. Did you know that only 44% of dogs and 47% of cats in American homes come from animals, shelters, and rescue groups? The unique qualities of each and every shelter pet add up to an incredible bond between every shelter pet and parent. I love pets. And I think they're just so giving and loving and just, they just show you the best, you know, of what love is. And this is all from an old animal. They come in all sizes, big, small, you know, furry, not furry. But like I said, love, love. If you're thinking about getting a pet this holiday season, make sure to visit the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of United States. Please consider these animals need love and they need you and you need them. Thank you. And voice to be reckoned with, we support the animals and their safety and their love. Is there anywhere that any of your fans could go to oh, do you have yes. like memorabilia and, and stuff like, you know, that? Well, I, I, I do sell posters um, for the show. I, I haven't gotten enough interest uh from my uh from my fan base to want to get uh materials and stuff to like you know shirts and things like that but um if i get to that point i would very much love to do so um but the uh if you want to listen to the series like the best way to support it is if you want to like pick up a copy of yourself from like uh, wherever audiobooks are sold like itunes sells it uh, audible sells it but if you're not interested in doing that um still listen to the series for free we're available on spotify uh, wherever audiobooks are sold wherever pods are cast um any of your favorite podcasting services you can you can grab a copy of it and i hope it'll be a good romping drive for you since it's uh it's about five and a half hours 11 episodes uh and it's it's perfect for commuting or whenever you're traveling on your own or when you're jogging in the park Would you say is it is it geared toward towards more uh, what age group? Like you say, would be just perfect for. I would say it's it's per it's great for ages twelve and up. Okay. Um, but I have to I have uh, had my my eight year old godson absolutely drink this show up. He adores it. <laughs> uh, does he ever try to like give you like ideas and stuff? Yeah, like he's he's been asking me a lot of questions about the show and so on and so forth, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so um, that's pretty cool. I um actually I've learned a lot sitting here and and I'm listening and I'm actually kind of excited to listen. I know when I listen, I'm gonna want to see it too because I'm just that person. I'm like I want to see, but 
not really good at vivid imagination. So that's why I know that you definitely are going to go far with this because uh, you just seem like you have a lot of passion and drive and you're very excited about it. Well, thank you. It's the only way that I keep keep convincing myself that this is a good idea. <laughs> Buzz driving is drunk driving, and if you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Did you know over 10,000 people lost their lives due to impaired driving fatalities in 2017? Enjoy a night out and find yourself oversharing or taking too many selfies. If the answer is yes, then you're noticing your buzz warning signs. Buzz warning signs include Overtexting, taking too many selfies, oversharing, chugging water to sober up, turning the music down to focus, chewing gum, popping mints, eating snacks to soak up the alcohol, drinking coffee to sober up, splashing water on your face, doing jump jacks. Wow. I mean, all these things to do to sober up to drive, but hey, how about you just don't drive? When you spot your buzzed warning sign, call a cab, car, or friend when it's time to go home. Just don't drive home. A message brought to you by NHTSA, NHTSA, and the Ad Council. Thank you, and voice to be reckoned with, we support the no drinking and driving, senseless, careless, and just wrong. I think it's a great idea, and I think it's a, a very um, commendable, and it uh, shows um, others, you know, how to just to to follow something and not give up. Because I also heard you say, you know, you had your downfalls too, where you wanted to give up, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think that's pretty awesome. I don't know uh, if you knew, you probably don't. But uh, I, I can't, I'm an advocate for, I'm a teacher, I work at a school, but I'm an advocate for, for bullying, you know, that's like, oh, very, wow. yeah, very much a, a high, hot, hot, you know what I mean, topic right now, and not even a I topic mean, yeah, is an I, issue. I, I will freely admit that I was bullied as a child, and I turned out fine. <laughs> and you see, 99% of everybody, you know, no matter wh- where, what background or, or where they're from have had some kind of bullying happen to them you know in their in their lives and some's more severe than you know than others and you know but you know it's just still not a good experience and it still doesn't make it okay <laughs> but I would just say I said that because you know I know that um working with a lot of kids and, and doing that you know they uh a lot of them are cre- creative you know and I was uh gonna ask you what would you tell a child that um you know how how to go about or how not to give up or how not to let someone tell them that they're not going to make it or that they're no good what would you say to that child i'd have to unpack that a little bit because i know that i would love to say something uh, that quite not might not be the best uh, <laughs> lesson for a child, considering that uh, I, I had to learn it the hard way because uh, I ended up having to fight back. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is, is that a lot of the things that you do as a kid often really comes from a place that not a lot of people are going to understand. Right. You're going to feel like nobody is interested in understanding who you are and for a while that's going to be frustrating but the reason why you're doing this why you're doing all the things that you do that you like is because it's for you if you find people that are interested share it with them if they're not well it's not for them it doesn't have to be for them you don't have to adhere yourself to 
an identity that other people expect of you. You don't have to be like them. You just have to come to a point where you decide, I want to be myself. And that they should not have the right to take that away from you. Take your stories, take your ideas, take all of the wonderful creative magic that you have inside you and make it yours. And they can never take that away from you. Thank you. That was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, um, a lot of, uh, <clears throat> you know, youth could use, you know, could hear something like that because, you know, all, all it takes sometimes is just the, the right words, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, you know, and I try to tell the kids, I'm like, you know, talk to each other, use your words to build, not to tear down. <laughs> you know that saying they said, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt? That was baloney. Yeah. <laughs> Who came up with that dumb stuff? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, words words kill. And the sad part is um, there have been a lot of children that have went to that, to that extreme, you know, and that's, and that's where I come in. And, you know, my son has been through it. You know, he's 12. He uh, actually just put him in a second or third school, you know, due to the lack of, uh, you know, um, supervision or safety you know from the school and it just happened way too many times and it was physical that physical each time you know yeah like i something that always really drives me nuts about that whole thing is that there's so, so many kids who are getting bullied or, or getting uh or having like tons of problems at their school and just adults just don't listen and mm-hmm. i just find that baffling because children are much smarter than adults seem to assume that they are like oh well, they don't Very. know better they're not going to be able to get it but no a kid a kid knows when you like them a kid knows when you're pandering to them mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure <laughs> but most of all a kid knows when you're not taking them seriously yep. and sure. to have that happen when you are in a state of fear and confusion with bullying that is just that is the worst yeah. Uh, the reason why I said that I didn't want to like uh, tell a kid like what I had been going through with it was that um, I, I had been uh, I was getting bullied in like sixth seventh grade to the point where I, I pretended to be sick to get taken home, and my dad dropped out of work to come and pick me up, and he got when he when he looked at me and saw that I was fine because he was a nurse, he got angry, mm-hmm. and. The uh, I, I I I I conceded that yeah some kid was bullying me and I just I could not take it anymore I couldn't be in the school, and he stops the car like slams on the brakes and turns around and says you're not coming home until you punch that kid. <laughs> it's not the greatest lesson to teach like young kids, but it was a lesson that I needed to learn. Yes, for sure. I, I needed to be willing to stand up for myself to continue to exist in a space that I needed to be in. Yeah, for sure. I totally understand that. Yeah. And my son, he had to he had to make some choices and, you know, I just let him know. I said, you don't have to allow someone to, you can protect yourself. There was actually a, 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 the adult there that told him after the last one when he got punched that he didn't have the right to pr- protect himself. I'm like, yeah, we gotta get you out of there. Like, supposed to sit there, just let them just, you know, until somebody decides to to come or to, you know, whatever it may be. So that that made no sense to me. So that's when I knew for sure. <laughs> well, you know, not for sure. I was for sure after this, you know, the third time. And um, but yeah, it's it's crazy how in school, it's different. You know, it's like they don't take kids seriously, and like that's really that's assault. Somebody punches you and kicks you. Now, I'm walking down the street and I do that. I'm going to jail, but now from at school, oh, what? You get a slap on the hand or what? Those kids do that or they just take it a little bit lighter. I don't get it. I want my son to know at all times when he's been assaulted or, you know what I mean? I don't want him to think it's okay. It's the norm, you know, and not to say anything. So, 
but to definitely defend itself, you know. But, you know, they have to also know that it's tricky with kids, too, because you have to know when to pick your battle. You have to know when something's a little bit too unsafe, you know what I mean? When to, when to yeah. get out of, it, out of there, well, this might not be a good idea, or, you know, your surroundings and stuff, so it's yeah, very it's, scary. It's really, it's really important to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, for sure. That's why it's just so scary because, you know, kids are scary because they don't think like half of us adults to have common sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, but kids don't have that, you know, the, uh, but we have like, you know, to think like this isn't a good idea or I shouldn't or the repercussions of what may happen if we do this. They just do. You know what I mean? And they don't think about the consequences of, of what may come, you know, mm-hmm. or they do it because their friends said, go do that. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And that's, that's terrifies me know for my son you know so yeah for sure for sure and I appreciate you sharing you know a little bit of your story too from what you experienced you know because uh we all have something in common in in a lot of ways and that is one thing that I do know all cultures from all over the world have dealt with this some sort of bullying for sure well um Kennedy so this comes to part of my show where we get to know Kennedy a little bit better on a fun note get to know what Kennedy likes you know what floats your boat <laughs> I just love saying that but um so Kennedy what is your favorite okay who is your favorite comic uh like co- like comedian no co- oh, I'm sorry <clears throat> you know no comic like a cartoon oh co- cartoon oh gosh mm-hmm. um I would say most recently probably one of my favorites is Gravity Falls Gravity Falls, uh, hey, my son likes that. <laughs> uh, gra- yeah, Gravity Falls like has this really, really great su- uh, sense of humor that is just uncharacteristic of Disney. <laughs> like, I really felt like Disney was taking a risk letting a show like Gravity Falls exist on their platform, <laughs> considering that if you take a lot of stuff out of context, it's actually kind of horrific. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, my favorite line is just uh, the this... Uh, great uncle who is also a con artist uh is holding up a, a watch to try and like blind uh, w- uh like a child or something like that and he's saying to himself yes burn the child <laughs> <laughs> it's just great but um <laughs> but that show like has a really great sense of mystery and it really treats kids that it shows that like to kids that you we think you're smart enough to be able to solve these mysteries mm. and there's a lot to unpack in that show that's really fascinating cool yeah my son talk about that one pretty um he's always cracking up <laughs> yeah i mean like I, there's a lot of other cartoons that i really enjoy uh like the it really just depends on the genre because um like i know like early 90s stuff i used to watch rocco's modern life was just my jam um, <laughs> just because it was just unafraid to push the envelope of what was acceptable. <laughs> and uh, not to mention there, the, the Pratt Falls and that were always a riot. But like in terms of like anime, I know there's a show called Mushishi, which is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Twilight Zone if it took place in feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. Where uh, this uh, medicine man called a Mushi Master travels around uh uh, feudal Japan trying to solve these uh, mysteries surrounding these uh, strange microscopic organisms that are causing all kinds of anomalies which I just find Im- immensely sad- immensely uh, fascinating because it just <laughs> comes up with uh, other ideas <clears throat> you know my son he's uh, into anime and I'm not sure I don't even know if this is the one or not but he's always telling me mom I know I know Chinese I know how to uh, talk in Japanese and then but when I first started hearing him, I was like, "What is he in there doing?" And then the the show actually played the anime show, and it was sing. It was the, the beginning of the show, and I was like, "All this time he has been singing." <laughs> you know, I think it was uh, Japanese. I'm thinking like he's just in there just saying things he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he was really singing the song of uh, his anime. I think it was yeah, Japanese anime. So it's it's kind of funny that like how uh, there's still not a lot of. Uh, adult cartoons on the west coast that isn't something other than irreverent humor or like something really raunchy like because uh, like in, in Japan they have a lot of those uh, anime where it's like very st- serious dramatic storytelling 
I think the closest thing we've got to that right now was uh, what was it, Young Justice, which was a. Uh, it, it's basically like uh, Teen Titans or Justice League or something like that, but it was like mm. for the new generation. Okay. Um, very well written and just not afraid to to hit some hard themes, uh, like like abusive relationships, uh, suicide, and so many other ideas so many other like themes revolving around stuff that teenagers have to deal with oh, that's wow hmm awesome. so the, uh, you said so where where would you find that at or uh, I to look have, that I'll be honest I have no idea you could probably look it up online somewhere there's a lot of like mm. streaming services that probably has it I know mm. it's a DC product so if you look up Young oh, Justice okay. you'll probably find it somewhere oh for sure okay Cool. All right. So, Kennedy, who is your favorite superhero? Uh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> mostly due to the fact that, like, you get very tempted to just do the the same thing that everybody else ends up picking. Yeah. Um, I, I do appreciate I do appreciate Deadpool because just it's it's much more amusing. Um. Uh, the what was it? Rorschach is another one that comes to mind because he's just such a gross individual, but has like these really interesting theories about how the world works. Um, but, but I would probably have to say that even I, I'll freely admit I don't like the character himself, but I like the idea of him, and that's uh, the Green Lantern. Uh, I like the Green Lantern because it is a a superhero who is defined by his creativity and his willpower, which is a really fascinating concept. I just wish that the people who ended up being Green Lanterns weren't so boring and unimaginative. Because <laughs> I, I look at so many of the things that they end up creating and it's like, all right, you have the entire gamut of the human con- of the human creativity at your disposal. What are you going to make to attack this guy? I'm going to make a fist. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> That's exciting. Oh, I, like, I think my favorite was this, uh, this guy, John, who there's an episode of Justice League where he gets turned into a child and he's sitting there just thinking about all the things that he can make for himself and he ends up making like this giant battle mech or something to fight and I'm like you know that's cool that's really exciting (laughs) that's funny let's see well not that we're talking about me or anything but my favorite uh, superhero I think it's Spider-Man it's basic right Spider-Man yeah, like Spider-Man. Yeah, there's like a lot. Of, it's it's at that point where like you could just say like, uh, well, yes, you love Spider-Man, but which one? There's many now. There are yeah, that's there are true. multiple Spider-Men. There's there's Miles Morales. There's uh, Gwen Stacy. There's uh, Spider's Man, which is uh, a, a colony of spiders in a Spider-Man suit. That is true. That's true. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I just, I just like yeah, I know, right? I didn't know they even had the the, the last one you just said with the that's all the spider. I didn't know. Spiders, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, my my roommate is a diehard Spider-Man fan, and he just can't get enough of it. So like, he's when if if he ends up catching me unawares, he ends up vomiting Spider-Man exposition to me for like the next hour. <laughs> oh, you know, bless him for it. <laughs> Uh, so who? Okay, so who would you say is your favorite villain? Favorite villain? Ooh. Yeah. I'd have to think that one over. Because I know there's a lot where the... I mean, like, obviously, like, I, I end up gravitating towards, like, the Batman characters because they have so many good ideas for them. But I would probably have to say... Uh, I got two. Um, one was from the original. Ju- uh, one was from the original Teen Titans, which was uh, Slade. And the only reason why I liked him is that he was this guy that really like sat in the background and planned a lot of this stuff ahead of time, and he was always one step ahead of everybody, which was just really exciting to see. Uh, whereas, and the other one was like recently Young Justice. I really dug uh, Granny Goodness. 
she's she'd been around in a lot of uh, variations over the years of of various Justice League stories and Superman stories, but the, this woman is uh, comes from the planet Apocalypse, where she works under Darkseid, where she has this really horrific talent of brainwashing children into being like super-powered villains for her <laughs> and she she trains them through like the worst kinds of abuse and it's just fascinating to watch her work and how absolutely terrifying she is <laughs> now you're, you're talking about super villains i'm assuming right i mean i'm not yeah. just pigeonholing oh. myself on purpose oh no 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 <laughs> not at all not at all for sure Okay, yeah, that that one right there, I didn't hear. Uh, Granny goodness, that's one of the ones you you've got. The, you you know your stuff because you got the ones I didn't even know about. Granny goodness. I, well, I just I just watch a lot of cartoons. As well. <laughs> I mean, my son probably up on that too. He's like always trying to tell me stuff, and I'm like, what, what? <laughs> I thought, hey, you assume I know what you're talking about, but okay, <laughs> okay. So, um, your favorite? Okay, so what is your favorite movie? And that can be any. Okay, so um, I've got, I've, I mean, of course, as a filmmaker, I got a lot. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll just give you two. Okay. Um, one was my absolute favorite of all time for a very, very long time, and it was um, it was The Fifth Element. Oh, that's uh, a, with, with Bruce Willis, Willis and Chris yeah, Tucker. and Chris Tucker. Uh, it's okay. it's a great film because I love I love the setting. I love how interesting <laughs> everything is, and it's just it's it's a dumb action movie. They have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, for sure. Not to mention, like the music always really gets to me. Like I just really enjoy how they they uh, the the mechanical and metallic uh, percussion they have in this in this thing. And of course, there is that really ridiculous scene where uh, the one of the main characters break dances to an opera and beats the <laughs> crap out of all of the uh, villains in that. But uh, most recently, uh, I had I had two movies that really caught my attention: um, Annihilation and Sorry to Bother You. Now, Annihilation builds itself up as a sci-fi thriller, but I you could not. I I feel like that that is a woeful a woefully inadequate description of the the terror that comes in that movie because it is uh it's about this uh this team of uh female uh researchers who are hired by the military to investigate this bubble that they call the shimmer where they walk inside and everything in it starts rearranging and reconfiguring to a, a subatomic level and it's just a deeply unsettling experience to watch, and I love every second of it. I know I've heard of it. I've seen it, that title before. It was this year, right? For 2019? Uh, uh, yeah, well, the, that, that one came out like last year. Uh, the other one that I was uh, really into was Sorry to Bother You, which it's about, it's about a black guy who works at a call center and manages to make his way up the ranks uh, by mastering what he's, what, what's called the white guy voice. <laughs> Which, uh, he, like, when he ends up speaking, uh, Patton Oswalt's voice comes out of him, and it's just amazing. And the less I say about that movie, the better. Just go watch it and enjoy the trip. Yes, yes. What, what's the call again? Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you, for sure. That sounds like it's going to be hilarious. Okay, sorry to bother you. Okay. <laughs> I can sit here and keep going with you all day long about movies and stuff because I, I, I love I love uh, movies. I really do a lot. All kinds, but I'm a big horror fan so I'm going to get on that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely check out uh, uh, sorry, uh, Annihilation. 
Annihilation. If you're also into other horror films, I'd also recommend uh, John Carpenter's The Thing and Creep. The uh, the one, The Thing, I think, yeah, I've seen that and Creep is because it has a part two, right? I think it has a part two, but I, I've only seen the first one. The first one's great. When they're underneath, under the, um, with the, to the homeless uh, couple, there was a homeless couple in the, in the no, 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 no. Cre- Creep is about a guy who hires a videographer to come in and record videos of him the party talking one, right? to like his son or something like that, that it hadn't been born yet. Okay, but as okay. time goes on, this, this guy, you find out that this guy had invited this cinematographer, in, this videographer into his home for entirely false pretenses. Oh. Okay. And it's it's just it's just a really really unsettling movie, and they do Thanks. such a good job with like just what little they have. Creep, that C R E E P, creep. Yeah, C R E E P. Okay, definitely gonna check that out. Okay, and you said the thing, right? So that is that the done over the um, the one the the more up to date one, right? Uh, the uh, which one? thing right that's the more oh john carpenter's the thing it's the one that came out in like the 70s not not the most recent 2014 one that one wasn't very good it was (laughs) yeah for sure yeah i I remember that one too i'm pretty like i'm a pretty much like a horror uber like people like kind of get irritated like is that all you watch like no yeah (laughs) but hey that's my thing but um Definitely, definitely. We would love to have you stop by again sometime and update us more and and come back and talk to us more about, you know, what's going on and uh, if if that's okay with you. Yeah, I got you. Okay. And definitely want to go ahead and let you, let our listeners know again where they can go to uh, watch any and all of your your projects and definitely uh, Mega Sevar. Well, if you want to watch Magus Elgar, go to MagusElgar.com, and there's a full list of places where you can uh, download the show for yourself. It's also right on the website itself. Uh, You can uh, visit my website at KennedyPhillips.org to see more of my work and things that I update every now and again. Um, I I, I need to go and update uh, what I've been working on since then. I, you can also watch uh, Has Been Hotel or Hell of a Boss right on YouTube. Just do a simple search of that. It's got millions of views now. I think Has Been Hotel is nearing 20 million as of uh, me speaking this. Um, and uh, I would very much love to hear from you guys. I have contact information on MegasElgar.com and on uh, KennedyPhillips.org that you can ask me questions or even just... Uh, hit me up about what you think of the show. I would very much like to hear what you think of it. All right. Thank you. And now you're a member, you're a family member of oh, Otherwise to be reckoned with, and you're welcome anytime. And we definitely, you know, we'll keep your, uh, keep what you're doing alive. You know, I like to, you know, do updates or just, you know, just talk about it or, you know, just, I just, like to I kind of just keep it keep it alive you know so once you leave your voice will still be going and your name and what you do will still be a constant on my show so basically that's what I'm saying all right well thank you very much (laughs) you are so so welcome and just remember welcome anytime we definitely want the update to see you know if if, you know Megan Felgar goes to gets to that point to where you want to be where you have arrived (laughs) <laughs> maybe one day <laughs> okay well you take it easy thank you for blessing me my listeners with your time and well, uh, thank we you for having you me on your show you're so welcome you have a great great day have a great day all righty bye bye <laughs>